Hello and welcome to the Feedback Force podcast, the game design and analysis podcast of the End Defender community. I... Oh, that was my chair. I'm Kelso. My chair is loud. I'm Kyla. And I'm Carl. And the cat is here. My cat is Flippo. As is custom. Is he, is he gonna leave now? I don't know. I don't know what he's doing. I don't know what this cat's doing ever. But hello, we are here. We have survived through the holiday, Thanksgiving holiday. Uh, at least two of us have. And Carl, you probably don't celebrate Thanksgiving. No, but cool. we start to get Black Friday here. Oh, I'm so <laughs> really? sorry. I'm so sorry. That's the worst part of Thanksgiving. I'm yeah, sorry I that know. that's what we've exported. And, and yeah, and now... Is I wonder if it's gonna be the thing because, like here, it was sort of like oh Black Friday, the cool new thing, and then it became an arms race to see who could open earlier and earlier, and mm-hmm. and then it started being like my store opened at four o'clock on Thursday on Thanksgiving, um, and now we're like in a disarmament race where stores are now saying well we don't want to be open on Thanksgiving because people should be able to spend the time with their families. Like, you're just saying that because you're losing money. <laughs> um, uh, and true to form, our store was very dead on Thursday. Um, yeah. Yeah, so hopefully and, it and doesn't who, get too like, bad. Honestly, who even goes to Black Friday sales? Like, just stay home and order things on the internet like a normal person. <laughs> yeah. I. Yeah, like, I think our, our doorbuster was like $10 coats. And the whole <laughs> store was 50% off. And the store was 50% off until yesterday, and now it's 40% off. So, like, so it's not like you're sh- you need to be in a deal. rush. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So Unless you really, really want one of those coats. Yeah, and they weren't that great. I mean, they were okay. They were pretty, they were pretty basic, which is fine. Uh, yeah, so that's, that's, that's what I've been doing over the, over the weekend. I've been working. <laughs> So did you did you get to have like a Thanksgiving with people or were you just I didn't, working? I didn't have a Thanksgiving with people, but I did like I went out and I like got a turkey breast. I was gonna make like a little like roulade with like stuffing in it, and then I went to the store and they had turkey breasts already stuffed, which was perfect because it was less work for me to do. So I like <laughs> I cooked for myself so that I would have leftovers for a couple of days because I do love me some Thanksgiving leftovers. <laughs> um, Even without the whole spirit of Thanksgiving, spending time with family and friends, yeah. being thankful thing, at least you have leftovers in your fridge. I'm thankful for those leftovers, though, Kyla. Okay. <laughs> it's they the should spirit. sell leftovers. Hmm? They should sell leftovers. Oh, man. <laughs> and then, like, I'm just going to be talking about my terrible retail experiences. Like, so there's usually, we usually do, like, a potluck at work, and there's just, like, food in the break room but because I work retail which means I work with a lot of teenagers and there's just like soda cans with like two thirds of the soda left inside and like cookies with a single bite taken out of it and just like gross paper plates like all over the break room and then they all leave and the people who work the night shift or the overnight shifts like I did are usually like you know adults so we're all just sitting up there in the break room like why why are they like this? Who takes a bite out of a cookie and doesn't finish it? I know. Goddamn kids. It's so bad. 
So yeah, I can say that because I'm 30 now. Yeah. So I can rail against the children. Oh man, soon these youngsters, young people today. Gosh. I I remember I some some girl at work today was someone she was talking about I don't know something, and her age came up and she was like, oh yeah, I'm I'm 16 and I'm like. How can I be eleven years older than you? Like, gosh. <laughs> so it's okay. Retail is temporary. <laughs> yeah, for most people. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, for me at least. Like, that's, I'm just doing this until I get out of school, and then even if I don't get like draw up in my field I'm still just gonna do something else I'll work I'll work at a bank again that's totally fine as long as it's not retail yeah I don't blame you talking to people is terrible but yeah that's why that's why I work like the super early shifts because being awake and at work at 5 a.m. is bad but it's slightly less bad to me than <laughs> having to talk to customers so yeah fair it's a sacrifice. I'd probably be in roughly the same same boat there. Yep, it's a sacrifice I am willing to make. God, at 5 a.m. though. It sucks. <laughs> so, how was your Friendsgiving? You hosted people, yes? Yeah, we had like nine people in the house, I think, it ended up being. We had like more people on the initial list, but some people couldn't make it. Um... Which was fine because we were already pretty crowded around the table. Yeah. But we had a ton of good food and it was great because it was kind of like everybody brought like the thing that their family traditionally makes for Thanksgiving that they really like and like didn't want to not, you know, didn't want to have Thanksgiving without. Nice. And so we ended up with like everybody's traditional Thanksgiving stuff and it was kind of awesome. That's good. Like one guy made like, I don't know, some kind of honeyed carrot thing and uh, I made... um, like Brussels sprouts and uh, like uh, uh, what's in my face a uh, mushroom gravy Ooh. and like some one of the guys like really wanted there to be a turkey so he brought a turkey over and like cooked it in the oven at our place and someone else had like a sweet potato dish that their family always makes and so we had that and it was it was tasty and it's it's always like great to actually have an excuse to like just spend hangout time with friends. Mm-hmm. Like, not have to say, like, oh, you know, we're... Usually, I feel like when you hang out with friends, you you make, a, like, an event, an excuse. Like, um, oh, you know, let's go see a movie, or let's have dinner somewhere, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Whereas this is just like, hey, like, you know, we put a, we, we all came early so the turkey could go in the oven early in the day, and now we have nothing to do, so let's just, like, sit around and hang out and chat. Yeah, that is true. So, <laughs> I, enjoy, I enjoy that a lot. I think Thanksgiving might be actually my favorite holiday. I think I think it is for me as well, but like just not now. <laughs> yeah. It, it'll go back to that status when I, you know, am like probably closer to my family or you know, not stuck working every Friday and Thursday, but you know, that's fine. I still Cuz it's cuz it's got all of the like spend time with people you care about type stuff that Christmas has. But there's no, like, pressure to get gifts for people in the yeah, same way. Exactly. And it's it's also got that added part of, like, take a moment to be grateful for good things in your life. Mm-hmm. Which I think is, like, a sentiment that, like, we absolutely need to have more often. That everybody yeah. should have more often. And also the whole, like, 
<laughs> this is like, oh, I'm a, I, I love food, but I really, yes. I just, I just, I love cooking like big extravagant things, and I don't, I don't do that because I live by myself, and why, yeah. why would I do that? But like, yeah, when I used to go home for Thanksgiving, like, I would find like the most involved dessert recipes I could possibly come up with and be like alright alright mom I'm using the kitchen stay out of the kitchen I'm making this thing today yeah that's <laughs> and that fair. Would just yeah. be the thing like it's what's a good what's not excuse. to love about it like a crazy fun feast yeah that you get to like do a lot of like fun cooking stuff for yeah I don't know it's great I love it yeah I like yeah. I, I, I enjoy cooking so anyway that's I enjoy cooking for other people yeah like, yeah I, I used to, I used to actually um, with my ex like we used to entertain a lot, which just meant like invite over a couple of friends and I make too much food and also <laughs> Jello shots for our friends. Um, <laughs> but you nice. know it's fun. I, I like I like I like entertaining actually. Yeah, um, I think there's something to that. It's nice when you like. It always feels I don't know like too self indulgent to cook fancy things for just yourself. Yeah. So it's nice when you can say like, "Oh, I really want to make deviled eggs because I haven't made deviled eggs in a while." But like, I can't just make deviled eggs for myself. <laughs> like, you don't do that. <laughs> I but... saw I saw a recipe recently. It was like one of those dumb little like video recipes that you see shared all over Facebook, and it was for like like mass deviled eggs. So you you crack and separate the raw eggs, and then you, I think it was you. You whip up the whites and you put them in a square dish and you bake them in the oven and then you scramble the yolks, put them in a food processor and add like mayonnaise and all your seasonings and stuff and then you cut the cooked square of whites into cubes and pipe the yolk paste on top and it looked like a nightmare. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't know, that's just what deviled eggs reminded me of. I mean, I guess it's... it's it's an it easier makes sense way to have a way it. to do it, yeah, on mass because because uh, shelling like individual eggs. individual de- yeah cutting apart and filling deviled eggs can be kind of tiring and tedious. Yeah. But I only like I only made like a dozen eggs worth because I know that like you know it was appetizers and like I was also making stuffed mushrooms and like not a lot yeah. of people were gonna eat them all, so uh, it it ended up being plenty and it yeah. was it was I really think... tasty and I love my mom's recipe for it so. <laughs> I feel like you never need too many deviled eggs. I guess. Like, I don't know. It just... I don't know. Last New Year's, uh, I brought, like, a dozen uh, eggs worth, and, like, they went instantly. Oh. And I was like, oh, I clearly could have made two dozen here. I mean, I might be biased because I don't like deviled eggs. So <laughs> that's probably part a, of it. I have such a mixed relationship with them because some of them I really, really like and some of them I really, really hate. I, so. just, I just, I have, I don't like hard-boiled eggs in general, and I also don't like, like, mayonnaise really like at all well, ours doesn't have mayonnaise in it oh, ours is um, made with a, a like a buttery base to make it spreadable um and then oh. it's a, a mixture of uh mustard and soy sauce for the flavoring well, and it's really good that sounds better but i, st- I still don't like hard-boiled eggs so yeah that's there you, if you don't like hard-boiled <laughs> eggs there's not much you can do deviled eggs yeah. well. uh anyway um i don't have a good segue do you guys want to talk about video games or perhaps is there anything else to cover? I feel like Carl has been edged out of this conversation because it's <laughs> it's Thanksgiving and I'm 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 sorry. <laughs> no. Yeah. 
No? Video games? No. I've been busy. Oh, you know, you have Hello. you have a project, and I was going to make you tell us about your project. <laughs> oh, yeah. I made a game about drinking potions. Okay. So awesome. we had a school, like, we had, for our school project, we had a theme where you should use your senses for a game. So I made a game where you mix potions in real life and you drank it and depending on what you mixed you had different results oh, that sounds that's awesome that sounds great i like that that sounds like uh we had a we had a project kind of like that where we had to do like some kind of physical extension of a of a game and i i don't even remember what mine was to be honest the one i remember was a uh, a couple of friends had made a digital game called um Adalbert Vester Humoral Physician, um, which was based on the old uh, system of humor-based medicine um, that people thought was a thing back in, I forget when, like, the, I want to say, like, the 1600s or something. Ye olde um, times. Ye olde times. Um, and, like, the, so the three, there are the four things you could do in the game to, to like, try and heal people was uh, apply leeches, um, there was something for vomiting. I forget what, what, how you induced vomiting. Uh, and then there was an enema, and there was one more. I forget what the last one was. It was equally gross. Um, <laughs> but they had so they they developed a series of physical uh, mini games. Um, one of which was like you had for the enema, they got like some bellows that you had to like <laughs> press like you're inflating something <laughs> and for the leeches they had they like took gummy worms and used food dye to make them black <laughs> that's and then awesome. you had to like toss them through a ring or something like that uh that's really cool <laughs> that reminds me of um it was a game that i got in like a uh, some bundle of like weird indie games and I paid for it and I tried to access the link at some point and the link is just dead so I need to like email them and see if that if if that is still a thing or if I just like wasted my money because I didn't play all the games that came with it but it it was um a game about uh stealthily farting in a hot tub and it, the controller it, it was controlled by your butt like optionally so it came with instructions for how to like build this butt controller and it's like you like lean to one side to like let the fart <laughs> up the other side um, i know about this game yeah and i don't i don't remember what it's called i want to look it up right now but oh, me neither uh while kelso is looking that up uh carl what what sort of effects could they get by like drinking potions in your game? And like, what did you, what did you have them actually physically drinking? Because like that sounds like that has the potential to be awesome or super gross. Yeah, I we didn't have much time. We had like four days to do it, so I just had like water, water you mixed, and uh... hello. Yeah. Oh yeah. So like like. Oh different food coloring or like just the skype was weird oh um yeah and uh, you could like jump super high or become really heavy and walk underwater and stuff like that i didn't put much effort into like the actual effects because <laughs> i didn't have time 
That's fair. Yeah. I there's a bartending game, isn't there? Where uh, you're like trying to bartend to like increase to like make people feel better or something? Yeah, it's that's that's Valhalla. actually yeah, that's Valhalla, actually one yeah. that I've also been wanting to play. Uh, um, recently. I wonder if you could do something I, like with with physical drinks. So in, in that game. I totally thought about this. Then I was like, oh, I need to present it at school. So maybe not alcohol. <laughs> yeah. Well, not alcohol, but like you could still do it with like the right like mixers and spritzers and like fruit juices and stuff yeah it was that it was also like i need to have i needed to be digital for the class mm-hmm. and i just thought okay so what is my digital component actually bringing to that mm-hmm. and i couldn't do a really good solution so i <laughs> decided to that's skip fair it. yeah fair i enough. can't i can't find the name of that that farting hot tub game so if anyone uh remembers let me know. <laughs> Tweet Kelso. Yes. Well, that's cool. I like I like games that have that kind of like fun unexpectedness. Like, like butt sniffing bugs. Yeah. <clears throat> Which is a game that like Thano told us about way back in the day that he saw at Indiecase. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Actually, the the potions thing reminds me in in a way of um, Magicka. And combining all of your effects and not having any any goddamn clue what's gonna come out until you cast it. Yep. Yeah. Man, that was a game we played a long time ago. That that was like our third game, maybe. <laughs> it was really old. Yeah. I gotta check. <clears throat> what are we feedback? Is it third feedback dash force right yes. on uh, SoundCloud? Uh, yes. I think. Oh, I mean. Sound- Cloud. Oh, soundcloud.com slash feedback dash force. Yeah. yeah. Listen to the podcast that you're listening to right now. <laughs> hey, hey <Okay>. guys. <laughs> if you want to know where the rest of the episodes are, that's where they In, are. As a matter of fact, Magica was our second episode. Oh, wow. Yeah. Huh. After Brothers. <laughs> well, what about that? <laughs> i.e. our first our first episode of reasonable length yeah. <laughs> like reasonably average length yeah brothers was a little there was a lot to talk about okay brothers was our first three hour long episode yep i don't think we have i think we have yet to do another episode that is as long as brothers i think by we got a close large margin. i think we got relatively close with undertale perhaps because I, I feel like Undertale might have also been long, just just in oh, terms yeah, of... yeah, you're right. That was two hours, 20 minutes. Yeah, just in terms so. of getting through all the story beats, because that was that was what took so long with Brothers, was getting through all the story beats, um, yeah, really. And, <laughs> but, but Brothers is, like, less than five minutes shy of three hours. Yeah. Oh, well. That's fine. It's fine. It's okay. It's fine. It's fine. It's this fine. is not this is not going to be one of those podcasts. I'm yeah. pretty sure we don't have 3 hours worth of things to say about Never Alone. Yes. Which hey, that's the game we played. Never Alone. By the way, we played Never Alone. Kelso, do you want to talk about Never Alone? Uh yes. Um so Never Alone is a puzzle platformer game um developed by uh, I was unprepared. Developed by uh, E Line Media and Upper One Games, um, in 
in cooperation with uh, the Inupiaq people of Alaska. Um, and it basically is a like traditional story of of the Inupiaq put into video game format. Um, and it also includes lots of little like cultural asides to like teach people about the culture and and just like the traditional way of life of the Inupiaq. Um, what did they yeah. call those? It's been we actually like sort of we had a long break on this one and I played it very early. So cultural insights. That's yes, right. Yes, cultural insights. That's that's what they were. Um, and in it, you play as a little girl who has left her village to discover and hopefully stop the source of a terrible blizzard that is making it impossible for her her village to hunt, which is like their way of life. Um, so that she can hopefully save everyone. And along the way, you um, get chased by polar bears, and you get chased by badmans, and you platform, and there's and a whale. a fox that can help you out. Yes, and you have a fox. And that's like the, the puzzly element. Is that a some... magical fox. Yes. yes. A magical spirit fox that lets you, like, contact the spirit world and use it for platforming purposes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um... Spirits are useful. That's that. That is one thing that I have learned. Um, so yeah, what did you? What do you? What did you want to say? Because I feel like there's not a whole lot of story beats. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, we could go through the different areas, yeah. but um, I guess the mechanically the main um, the main thing is that with the platforming is that you you the girl and you the fox have different powers, mm-hmm. um, and so you have to sort of switch back and forth between them to solve different areas and kind of work cooperatively. Yeah. And you can play it two-player as a cooperative game, but if you choose to, you can also play it single-player, and whichever character you're not controlling will operate on a mostly reliable AI, although not entirely <laughs> Because I definitely had the AI miss certain jumps that I could then make when I <laughs> went and took over the character. Whoops. Yeah, the AI died quite a bit. <laughs> so not yeah. perfect AI, but decent enough it, AI. There there were some instances, actually, where it behaved a lot more intelligently than I would have expected it to. Um, yeah. Like the part where the, the northern lights are, like, swooping down to catch you. And I remember the AI would actually, like, wait to avoid the the light spirits like as they came swooping down and then would continue on their path you know when when the danger yeah, was gone they which, don't just blunder into death yeah which was that, surprising um because that part that was sounds like such a playtesting thing yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah definitely it's like people are very frustrated that the ai just blunders into death yeah let's um, let's uh i i was very glad that that happened because that that was one of the more frustrating parts of the game, um, <laughs> for reasons. So let's see, if, let's see if we can figure out slash remember what the different areas were. So you start in the, your your village is sort of like the tutorial thing is like you're you're trying mm-hmm. to get to your village while running away from a polar bear. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty basic. It's just like you don't even have the fox for the initial initial part. You just kind of run run and jump basically is all you have at that point. Run and jump and. Was there like a third thing? No, I think it was just I think it was Ouch. just run and jump. Oh, and crouch, yeah, with the um, the wind. Oh yeah, there's a wind mechanic the wind where like mechanic. the wind can blow you over backwards, but at any time you can like crouch low to the ground and like lay yourself flat to avoid being mm-hmm. blown backwards. And sometimes the wind, if it is blowing forwards, 
you can use it to get across like extra large gaps which I, I liked the way the wind was handled better in this than I did in um, Unravel. The wind <laughs> the wind was uh, easier to deal with in this game than it was in Unravel. Yeah, and, and it felt more like it's, you know, it was par- uh, a normal part of the surroundings, like an expected part of the surroundings that you're like, oh yeah, this is just a hazard in this world that you continually have to deal with, mm-hmm. so. Yeah. Um, um, Alright, so I have the menu open so I can like do the, like the after names so we could discuss them one by uh, one. Oh yes. So I mean there's a lot of just like basic winter stuff. Um yeah. and you get back to your village and you find that your village has been destroyed and burned Perfect. to the ground um by sort of your primary antagonist who I believe is the uh the manslayer. Yeah. Um and he's looking for something. He's well you get your magical bolus that yes. you find. I guess you don't find them right away. Yeah. But at first you just like go off chasing after him. Yes, and also you get the fox when you're running from the polar bear. The polar the fox comes and helps you and and you and you knock the polar bear into the freezing ocean. Um, Which is fine because he can swim and yeah. that's where he lives. Yeah. So he just comes so, to antagonize you again later. <laughs> he just shows up like three three times I think. Um, yeah. So then you get to the village and the manslayer is there and then. Then you run from the Manslayer for a while in yep. in a very similar sequence. Um, yep. And then you find the Owl Man who is missing his drum. Mm-hmm. Which is like a guy with like a creepily huge face. He's got, yeah, he's just got an owl face. Which, which yep. you know, then, then you get your cultural insight that talks about how uh, animal spirits can sometimes show up if they feel like it in, in human forms. form. Yeah, yeah. just, just for, for whatever reason. Um, and then you have to go on a little quest to get his drum back, and you faced, like, the tiny people. Yes, which... You get another cultural insight, which is, like, about how they're just, there's just tiny people in, in Alaska that are sort of magic. They're, they're, like, magical tiny people, um, and, yeah, and sometimes they're, kind of they're like mischievous. The, 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 like, wee folk of Europe or whatever that, yeah. uh, from those sorts of legends get the guy his drum back and you get the uh, magical bolus mm-hmm. that's like a like a throwing weapon that you can then use for the rest of the game and you use it to, to break ice icy chunks that obstruct you mostly I guess and to and to like activate like spirits sometimes there's like yeah. a little floating light and if you hit it with the bolus it like becomes a spirit mm-hmm. will help you out um, for some reason for some reason yeah I don't think I, I, I would... liked that he was sleeping and you had to wake it up <laughs> Yeah, that's true. I don't think I would want to help anyone out if they hit me with a bola, though. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, then like is the ice flows level, which is a sort of like, it's like one of those factory levels where there's like mashy bits that like yeah. you can get squished between. Like the big pistons, except they're ice. Yeah, except they're ice, yeah. And um, they're like, whoa, the tides have gone crazy. <laughs> All this ice is super dangerous. Yeah, I think I think the common thread is just what what is nature doing, you guys? Yep. So it's it's sort of like a, a nature out of balance. Gotta gotta figure out what's stopping or what's what's causing it. Story, um, and from there you go into the the whale, right? Whale spirit. You get, you yeah, get chased by a polar bear again. Doesn't look at all like a whale. It's more just like interior flooded ice caverns. Yeah, but, but I, I guess say, it is a spirit. They say you were eaten by a whale, so I assume. <laughs> Yeah, I will. I guess it is a spirit, so you know, who know who oh. knows what they got going on. 
Don't question mythology. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's how mythology works. Exactly. And I actually kind of like that it 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 felt like it ran that boundary of like the story that's that's taking place in the real world, but still kind of following the rules of the of the mythos with like, oh, it's ice caverns, but it it could sort of be the inside of a whale. Sure, why not? Yeah. Um, let's see from there what. Then was Coastal Village, which is the village yeah. with the Northern Lights. So there's like this sort of ruins of a village, and there's like these green Northern Lights spirits that come down there. Mm-hmm. And and another cultural aside, apparently the Northern Lights are like <laughs> children who want to use your head to play soccer. Yeah, so they'll just like they're not mean or anything. They just want your head, so they just come down and steal your head to play soccer yeah. with. They're, they're just mean. yeah they're just they're just little ghost ghost children which I will never think of the northern lights the same way again. Yep. <laughs> well, you gotta wear a hat when you're outside. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, and that's that's like a a sort of burned out ruined village. Was that implied to have been also destroyed by the manslayer? I don't remember. I I guess so. I don't know if that was particularly clear. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, I I feel like. I feel like you encounter him again ar- around there, perhaps? You do Maybe encounter not. him, like, a couple times across yeah. the various yeah. levels. Um, in this one, you got to be careful because the, the actual, like, the Northern Light spirits do actually, like, wander around in the level, and if, you, if they catch you, they, like, it's an insta-kill. Yeah. Um, I... But they, it, they did a really good job of differentiating, because they look a lot like all the other spirits that are helpful in the game, except that they're sort of toxic green and they leave behind a toxic green cloud and it just instantly looks like this is probably bad news if I touch this. I should avoid this. Yeah, I think... I think th- so I tested it because mm-hmm. I wasn't sure. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, I, I think they... Uh, the game periodically gives you voiceovers um, as as like narration under you know the framing story of you're being told this story by, like, one of the elders. Um, which, I mean, I guess that's exactly what it is. Um, it's, yeah. Um, and I think I think it does say something about how, like, they, they're, like, swooping down to make sure that you're not being a bad person or something. I don't know. They say it after you pass the first ones, I think. Oh, is that what it is? Okay. <laughs> you, you're probably right. I mean, I, I remember um, getting carried off a number of times, yeah, me um, too. not intentionally. <laughs> so that you was... die a lot in this game. You do yeah, die it's... a lot, and... and it never feels like it's your own fault. Yeah, uh, sometimes well, for me, yeah. It did. it's yeah. Sometimes, yeah, perhaps. That's... Uh, and the other character cries. Whatever character is left alone cries. Yeah, I hated it when. When when the when the girl died because the fox like makes a little whimpering noise and curls up in a ball just on the ground wherever it is. Um, no. Yeah. Um. So is the is the is the end of the coastal village where the fox dies? I think it is. I think. Yeah. yeah. That sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's right before you get into the forest, and I yeah. think the that's between. So yeah. So the the manslayer comes and kills your fox. Which is just the saddest. Yeah, like he just picks it up and snaps its neck. Like yeah. it was, it was pretty traumatic. Um, yeah. And then, and then you wake up in the forest, and the fox has turned into a humanoid fox spirit. He's wearing a little fox hood. Yeah, it's a little fox boy spirit. Mm-hmm. And this is your best friend. And so now, um, the fox always has swim mechanics. 
because you had the swim mechanics. Yeah, he just flies. <laughs> yeah, you had the swim mechanics like in the uh, the whale spirit whale, um, and now the fox just always has that. Yep. And but you still, you as the girl, still have to hop around a platform. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, but it's cool because now as the fox, you can like fly around and like move platforms over to carry the girl like to different areas and yeah it's sort of an interesting dual manipulation i feel like if you were playing that on co-op you have to have a lot of trust with your uh <laughs> yeah co-op player that because is... <laughs> it's like make sure that platform's where i think it's gonna be because yeah. i need to jump that is true um and there's there's a lot of beyond moving the platforms around there's a lot of like segments where the platforms just move on their own so the platform that you're standing on and like a whole chunk of terrain is moving and you're having to manipulate the surrounding platform so that you don't get knocked off the platform or get carried yeah. into like the water of the forest and, yeah, and so die. That's, yeah, this is the second part of the forest. So the first part of the forest, you're just manipulating like a lot of trees and sort of climbing around. And then there's the forest lake where there's like these big swamp trees that like walk across the swamp and you have to like move across their branches while they're walking and not fall into the water. Which that part was pretty. I don't. I felt like that part was like extra creepy because it's like are because the trees eventually just sort of descend into the water and it's like are they like committing suicide here? Like is that what's going on? Because they don't look. They don't seem like happy spirits uh, when you're dealing with them. So. I, I assume that they're fine under the water. I think they're just traveling underneath some section of land or that something. That could be it. That could be it as well. I don't. Um, I don't know. I really you... like the concept of suicide trees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they have those in Earthbound. Um, when, you, when you beat them, they just burst into flames and explode. Oh, oh um, no! And then you take damage. But anyway, um, so then like the last main area is the is the tundra, where you finally discover the true source of the blizzard, mm-hmm. which uh, all along has been like a big ice giant who is carving up the ice glacier ice wall with his ice pick, and yep. it's it's creating a lot of snow dust that's getting blown around by the wind and creates a terrible blizzard that's like just continuous and is is messing everybody up which it's it's never explained why why ice giant is carving up this mountain i guess it doesn't need to be i guess why you don't need to question ice giants they do their (laughs) their own deal (laughs) there's so much to explain in this game yeah I mean, that's why the cultural insights exist, right? Mm. Is, like, to provide explanation. And to, yeah. But to some extent, like, myths are, often have, like, just weird, unexplained behaviors for their strange creatures. Yeah. Because they're myths, and that's how they sort of work. Yeah, so it's fine. Um, and at, at this point, it you, you climb up the inside of the ice giant, <laughs> I think. Possibly I think the side the of the ice giant. Yeah, I, the side of the ice giant. That makes that makes sense. I was never really sure. Um, yeah, I mean, it does seem feel like an interior space a little bit, but I think it is meant to be the outside of the ice giant. That, that makes more sense. He's um, just very craggy. He just has a lot of like caves and craggy bits on the outside. I guess I guess if he's got like ice built up on 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 his person, that, and ladders that could work. Yes, ice and ladders <laughs> and spikes. I guess it's like a shadow of the Colossus boss. Yeah, yeah, basically. totally. Um, and then what you eventually climb all the way up and knock knock his ice pick out of his hand, I think. Yep. And then you theoretically steal it, although you're not actually shown carrying the thing. Yeah, because it like 
20 times the size of you. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, because it's, like, way bigger than you are. Yeah, you're shown, like, in cutscene form. And cutscene form is, like, um, like folk art style um, mm-hmm. art that is animated uh, yeah, it's, it's, to reflect uh, like the story. Etchings, like like whalebone etchings. Mm-hmm. Um, uh. So that's that's what all the cutscenes are. And in the cutscenes, the ice pick is maybe only like one and a half times as large as you. Um, <laughs> so it's 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 much easier to carry. Um, and then the giant chases you back through the entire part, like the entirety of the game, basically. Yeah. Um, you, yeah, except the whale because. Like, well, yeah, that's true. You, you don't get swallowed by a whale this time around, but yeah, you basically like just—it's just one big long chase sequence back through every area of the game. And then, and then you get back to your village, and the ice giant has followed you all the way to your village, um, and you break his pickaxe, and he gives up and leaves. Is yeah, that it? Is he's that a somehow he, yeah, he's like somehow amused with the fact that, like, no, he's like happy to get his ads back even though you broke it. Um, yes. So he just like laughs and leaves. Yeah, like he doesn't realize that it's broken or something. I don't know. Either that. I I mean, presumably, like he can just like fix the broken edge and then come back and do this all over again. Yep. So don't I don't question ice giants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I guess so. Yep. And then, and that's the story. You saved your village. Hooray! At some point, there's there's like an actual boss fight with the manslayer. I think that's. Oh yeah. That's, that's in the woods. That's somewhere at the end or... of the woods. Yeah. Yeah. And you you get him for good. You kill him. Yeah, you kill. Yeah, you, you kill the crap you, like, out of him. Drop it. You drop him into the ice water or something, right? And he I drowns. Think so, yeah. Something like that. That kills people. Yeah. No, that you definitely kill, kill him. Yeah. You slay the manslayer. Yes. Um. But and you are the manslayer slayer now. Yep, yep, that's a thing, I guess. Yes. So that's the story. What? So what? Wait. There is of it. Yes. Is there still a village? Is people? Does people live? Yeah. They or did the manslayer just kill everything? No, they were running away. They ran away from the village. There was like a there was like a scene of like the manslayer driving them off mm-hmm. early on. Like, he killed some people, but I think most of them just fled. And then he kind of wrecked it up. And I, I presume they sort of fixed everything while you were gone. Yeah, that's, that's my assumption. Like. That's my assumption. So, you know, myths. Who cares? So, that's... that's... <laughs> no, they don't have to follow logical rules. Yeah, it's fine. So, that's the narrative. It, it does feel yeah. fine. Like, as much as we're kind of making fun of it, it... it to me it it all works with like that internal mythological logic yeah that like i never felt like oh what this doesn't make any sense yeah it's i think there's definitely like one thing that i really liked about this game was just the atmosphere in general and i think having that atmosphere there while you're experiencing it goes a long way towards making it seem okay whereas we're just talking about it with without any of that context and it's been probably a couple weeks since any of us have actually played this game um, so removed from the context, it seems very silly. <laughs> yeah, as do as do most mi- most myths. If yeah, you try to explain them like as though they were like a real story. Yes. So, so or realistic story, I guess. Mm-hmm. All stories are real stories. Um, yeah. So alongside all of this, you you get like these continuous. Um, there's like these owls that you can find hidden in each level. 
Um, and every time you find one, it unlocks a new cultural insight. Um, most of them are pretty on the beaten path, so, like, there's only a few that you actually have to search to find. Yeah. Uh, but that unlocks, like, a little, like, you know, one to five minute, uh, like, live action documentary segment that you can just go and watch that explains stuff about the Inupiaq culture as relevant to, like, the area that you happen to find the owl in. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I'm curious, in many ways, it is less a game than it is, like, a documentary that you unlock with platforming. Yeah. And I'm I'm curious how you guys felt about that. I I thought it was okay. Like, the the video segments were were pretty unobtrusive. Like, you, you get them, and then every so often you'll get a loading screen between between the bigger chunks of the game. And it'll say, you've unlocked, you know, X cultural insights, would you like to watch them? And you can hit yes, and it'll take you to the menu, and you can watch them, and then jump right back to where you were. Or you can hit no, and just keep going. Um, and, I don't know, I found I found them all pretty interesting. Like, I, I, I enjoyed watching them, so I, I didn't have a problem with the delivery system at all. Yeah, okay. Ah, here we I, go. Okay. Here we I go. I thought this might be what Carl's sticking point would uh, be. Actually, this isn't, isn't my main problem, but I rather would watch the things and play a good platform game. Yeah. I I really like the live action things, but the game wasn't it felt like it felt too bland. I, I had a lot of problem with the game mechanically, definitely. Um, so so is your is your complaint that like you feel like the uh, they spent too much time on the documentary segments and should have spent more time working up working on the mechanics or? I think they spent too much time trying to make both instead of like trying to make one thing. Maybe that could be it. I mean, and it's it's one of those things. It's like I don't know how much time they spent because some of the some of the mechanics issues seem kind of deliberate because it's it's not a particularly precise platformer um Mm -hmm. your movement's not very fast and i feel like a lot of times your hitboxes are a little weird so like there will be a jump that it looks like you shouldn't make but you just make it and yeah you know like i don't think it's necessarily intended to be a very challenging platformer which makes it just feel not very good in a lot of ways to me it did feel and so that was sort of like part of this is that i feel like in many ways it seemed like the platformer was there to support the documentary it's like it's more about the documentary than it was and the platformer is like hey here's a cool kind of interactive way to look at this Mm -hmm. uh you know this content and to like be a part of it and then like the explanation is more um, is given some real context for you, so it's not just like you're, you know, sitting and watching a documentary with no other content context. Yeah, yeah um, And I think of the games we've played so far, it most reminded me of the Cat and the Coup, where it's a little bit like, yeah, the game ostensibly has some stuff to teach you within it mechanically, but mostly it's there to sort of like wet your curiosity so that you will go and look for more stuff about this on your own, or, you know, like, in this case, like, go check out the insights. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it was 
terrible mechanically. I mean, I think it was decent, but it does feel it does have like um like the what was the one fluid what was the name of that game vessel. Yes, um, vessel. Like vessel, it has that sort of slightly unpolished feel yeah. of like things are a little bit like on the edge of like maybe not working. Yeah, I yeah, I I definitely agree with that. Um and I I encountered um a couple of instances where I would do a jump and I clipped through the terrain and into the ocean. Um far far below the ocean. Um oh, no. that that killed me probably I think two times maybe three. Um which yeah, you know the, def- the the checkpoints are good enough that it wasn't like a huge issue. Yeah. It's just like, oh, this happened. So yeah, I, 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 I definitely hit a bug where like one of the trees that was supposed to carry me didn't start moving Ooh. when it was supposed to. And so I just, I, this was during the chase sequence. So the giant just caught up to me every single time. And I, I, tr- I tried it like five or six times before I realized that it was broken. And then I just reloaded from the most recent like chapter title and then it was fine. Yeah. Uh, but you know, it's little things like that where you're like, "Oh, this is clearly like a small independent game." <laughs> yeah, and yeah, um, I, I also, I also sort of took issue with that giant chase scene because uh, I, I remember getting like caught by, like actually got caught by the giant once, but there was nothing really to indicate like the proximity of the giant to you. It's just, oh, you're dead now. Um, <laughs> if I recall correctly, the giant kills you pretty brutally, doesn't he? I does he like just like dr- step on you or like drop I, his axe on you or, I think or drop so. something on you? Something? I think so. I I maybe it's. I feel I don't like you get exactly. squished, but think, yeah, it has been. It has I think been you a do get too, squished, so. but yeah, it was it was just like I was trying to figure out like what what way to move the platform to like get on it, um, and having issues with one jump in particular and and it, you're dead you're dead um and the, I, I i had no idea like that the giant was that close it didn't it wasn't very well indicated um but, you know so yeah polish polish problems which is fine i guess do you have, I do still you have finished more, it. carl do you have more stringent issues with the mechanics yes yeah, I have two major issues with the mechanics. Go for it. Well, I'm gonna... I feel so bad. I, I haven't had bad things to say about this game. <laughs> um, That's okay. And said the first said one is... Uh, like, the solution to every puzzle in this game is... Switch, do something. Switch character, do something. Switch character, do something. And that's the only thing you do throughout the whole game. Yeah... I actually I was going to ask what um how did you feel about the, the game during like the beginning part when the fox is a fox versus the latter part when the fox is a magic boy So I didn't feel any big difference more than that the fox AI couldn't die That is true <laughs> Yeah the the Magic Boy part made me really want to be playing co-op because there were a lot of times, especially like in the chase sequence and stuff, where I really wanted both characters to be acting at the same time. Yeah. Um, and it it felt like a burden to switch back and forth really quickly. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but I, you know, I managed it, so it clearly yeah. wasn't too hard. Yeah, because I don't know. I felt I felt like it really dropped off at that point for me, because uh, whereas in the 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 earlier part, um, simple though the puzzles were and sort of repetitive though they were. It felt like okay. Well, I have to. I have to do something with this character, and then I have to do something with this character. But in the later part, it's like okay, I have to just keep moving these platforms, so that yeah. you know, there. It felt a lot more one-sided and um, yeah, a little, the boy a little felt less like interesting. He, yeah, the boy had like was more of a one-trick pony kind of thing. Like yeah. the thing he could do was manipulate platforms slash spirits, and that was about it. And fly. whereas like the fox, the fox could like do some jumping and climbing stuff and it was more of a like you also had to platform as the fox yeah so the fox felt like a second character and you played two characters Mm -hmm. and when you got the boy it felt like a supporting character yeah i would agree with that yeah it it felt like less of a character and more of just a means of terrain manipulation yeah which i think i think could be an interesting platformer like i feel like that's an interesting concept of like a game that is less focused around actual platforming and more focused around manipulating the terrain so you can platform <laughs> but it was sort of more interesting in concept but less less fun for me so yeah. um and that was one one thought that sort of stuck with me through that last half well not even half like quarter third of the game so yeah that was that was it was also i guess much shorter than i expected it to be somehow I mean, I yeah. guess I don't know why I expected it to be longer. It, and it is about an appropriate length. I don't know if I would want it to be much longer. Yeah. But somehow I thought it was going to be. Yeah, it, it felt like an appropriate length. I will agree with that. That's, I didn't, I don't know. I didn't feel like I wanted more, but I didn't feel like it really, really overstayed its welcome. Like it came and it told its story and it got out of there. So. Yeah. Um, so oh, that, yeah. Was, that was one, Carl. What was the other one? <laughs> Yeah, my second one is every solution to, like, when you faced an enemy, or sometimes just a puzzle, was like a deus ex machina solution, where you just did stuff to progress, and then hoping the world would change so you could move on. Yeah. I mean, isn't that, wasn't that, like, sort of the whole point of the myth, though, is, like, when you're in a tight spot, like, the spirits are there to, like, make sure things work out for you? Like, literally, literally deus ex machina in that it's, like, spirits ex machina. That's their whole job. <laughs> yeah. I guess. But even when you're fighting the manslayer, you just throw ballas and move around and until the cave falls in. Uh, that was another bug, by the way, that I that I encountered. Um, if you If you die enough times, it'll start giving you hints as to what you need to hit with your bola. <laughs> but the hints for me were popping up on pieces of the terrain that I had already knocked down because there's a bunch of terrain and it's on fire and no, there's a bunch of terrain and um, you have to like trick the manslayer into throwing fireballs at things to knock them down to break the ice that he's standing on. Um, and it would indicate like specifically what parts of the terrain you needed to knock down, but it bugged out and was indicating the bits that I had already knocked over, so they were just on the ground? I don't know if that's a bug so much as, like... I mean, I guess, like, in in that context, it's behaving as a bug, but I I would gather that probably they only programmed it to show up on the first one because they assume you only need a hint to get you started, 
Um, and so if you've already, like, gotten a bit of the ways through, it's still just, like, indicating it on the starting one, even though that doesn't make sense anymore. Yeah, because the, the problem that I had wasn't, I don't know what to do. It was, I don't know which piece is the destructible one, because it wasn't <laughs> really, it didn't seem, like, particularly well telegraphed. Um, yeah. So I was like, what am I doing? It like gave me a little bola icon and I kept trying to throw my bola at the ground. I'm like, what is this supposed to do? <laughs> um, I think I figured it out by accident eventually. <laughs> you know, as, as the best puzzle solutions often go. It was unintentional. <laughs> so Speaking of bolas, they were really hard to aim with. Me a, 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 it took me a while to figure out how they actually worked. I realized that the way I was intuiting how I was supposed to aim them was actually very different than how you actually aim them. Yeah, I had the same same experience. Um, I'm trying to remember now what it was that I... It's, it's you pull back, and as you're pulling back, it aims it, and then you mm-hmm. flick it forward. Well, I, I mean, I did it on a, on a gamepad, so I don't know oh, if... I um, so you, you pull the stick back and it aims it, and then you flick it forward and it throws it. And I I felt like I had to flick it in the right direction, otherwise it wouldn't it wouldn't go in the right direction. But I don't think that's the case. I think all of the aiming is locked in when you're pulling the stick back, and then when you flick it forward, it just goes where you have so, pointed. So I rem- I remember what what it is that that threw me off. Um, it seems like you're supposed to be looking at the level in w- at which the bolus is swinging to figure out where it's going to go but actually you have to look at the way she's pointing she will point at the yeah. where it's about to yep. go that too that and is that that took me a second like that took me a while to get used to and then when i noticed it i'm like oh that makes it much easier to aim yeah it's much harder to do via uh mouse and keyboard by the way it sounds like that's actually like a pretty satisfying thing on controller the like flicking it forward that seems like that would be like in like feel right yeah but with mouse you hold down the mouse button and then you move the mouse like back and forth to aim up and down but because it only aims on the one axis that feels really weird and then you just Mm. let go of the mouse button to throw it yeah that that doesn't sound as good yeah (laughs) And then there was also the issue of the bola where it, and this is a, this is less of an issue, but you you can't aim at something unless you're facing it. So if you want to hit yeah. something and it's behind you, like it doesn't automatically flip you around. Like you can't flip yourself around while you're aiming. You have to get out of yeah. the aiming mode, turn around, and then aim at what you want. Yeah, that that messed me up a couple times too. Yeah, um, which isn't isn't a huge issue when you're just like solving a puzzle in the world but if you're trying to use your bola in a chase sequence yeah that can be a pro- that can be a problem that will kill you yeah yep With... and did <laughs> more than once yes. for me because i think the bolas I mean, had some issues yeah yeah i mean i mean they were they were still a pretty cool weapon though like as weapons go in yeah. games yeah that's true I I like I like cool weird throwing weapons like that because I mean I think I I don't know if it was necessarily a bola but I'm thinking of like a similar like a similar Native American weapon that's basically like rocks on a on a string base I mean not a string but like a strap and it's like if you throw it right and you throw it hard enough it can like break a bone as it snaps around I'm like dang that's awesome. <laughs> 
I love yep. that. <laughs> yep. It's cool how like how effective simple weapons can be. Yeah. It's because it's just all about forces, right? Yeah. You move the forces in the right way. You just there's just a hell of a learning curve, and you got to be real good at aiming that stuff. Yep. Otherwise it will, otherwise it won't work at all. Uh. Yeah. But like people like the the Inupiaq people use those to like hunt birds and things. So they yeah. should be pretty good at it. Yeah, there was I think there was a clip in the cultural insights bit of like a guy just bringing down a bird out of the air with a yeah. bola. <laughs> like like it it like tangles up their wings and they can't fly and it brings them down with the rocks like that's some that's some intense uh marksmanship right there. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um so yeah, I don't know. Were there any other mechanics to 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 be annoyed by? <laughs> <laughs> Not that I can think of. I, I'm I dumb. think <laughs> Carl has com- has gotten all his complaints out. Yeah. Um, I think it's. I think it served its purpose well in the sense that like. I was I w- had enough fun playing the mechanical parts to feel like like ready to get the context of the uh the cultural aside, right? Yeah. Because it's in a way I guess it's the it's like the sort of ultimate um like taken to its extreme version of like cutscene as reward, right? Like if you were playing a Final Fantasy game and you like uh, you know finish the level or whatever, you're rewarded by you get the story cutscene that goes along with it. But this is like, hey, you did a thing. You're rewarded by you get to learn something cool about the native peoples of Alaska. Yeah, and it 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 I did feel like a, a reward. Difference. Yeah, hmm? would, like in Final Fantasy, you get like a piece of the narrative. Here you yeah. more here you get more something more like a Context. information. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, and it's it's not something directly related to. I, I guess it's more like um, rather than directly a story cutscene the sort of things you would get in a in like an open world game where you have like a lore building thing you know yeah. like how there's always like the all the book houses that you have to read that have like um you know extra information about the founding of the capital and yeah all that so yeah. but it in in terms of like as a reward system to me it felt like like a like hey here's a here's a chance to like sit back and like enjoy like a segment that you have earned and it yeah. wasn't you know it's not directly relevant to what's uh well okay so it's not directly relevant to like what's going to happen next in the game but it is in many ways directly relevant to like the thing you're doing because it provides the necessary context for like what this is mythologically and culturally and like where it comes from and you know it's it, it provides context which is cool yeah, I was always like I was always ready to like watch the cultural insights bits and I found them I found them to be interesting mm-hmm. um by and large. So, yeah, I think if you are the sort of person who like really hates documentaries, maybe you wouldn't like it. I assume yeah. that there those people exist. Yeah. Um but, you know, as someone who generally enjoys documentaries, I found it interesting and informative. And yeah, and as someone who's like willing to get through maybe less than stellar gameplay for for more lore which i 
definitely am. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, it, it worked. It worked really well for me. Um, also, also, I had another aside about mechanics um, where I, I know I mentioned hitboxes and not ever being sure, like if I was going to make a jump or if the jump was too far. And I also encountered the same thing uh, in the Northern Lights section where I'd be like, oh, this thing totally can't grab me. And it d- did grab me from like three feet away. And that was that was why that section was so frustrating for me <laughs> was because I never knew uh, when I was going to get grabbed or not. Anyway, that's that was just an aside that I forgot yep. to some say. Of the, some of the jumps, it doesn't seem like you can make but you can make them if you ride the wind at the right time, yeah. which is a, a mechanic we didn't mention. But if you, the, sometimes the wind will gust like in the opposite direction, and if you jump in the direction it's gusting, you can just like fly a little bit further on your jumps. Yeah, which like, is kind like of across cool. the entire screen, <laughs> which I, I would love, I would love for that to be a real thing that just happens <laughs> in the world. That would be a lot of fun. It could if you were, like, playing in hurricanes. That's true. Um, That's true. <laughs> I mean, these don't seem like hurricane-level winds, and I don't know if I no. want to try it with a hurricane. But with just, like, a short gust to, like, let me jump, you know, 20 feet. <laughs> yeah. And then land safely and not land on my face. Yep. I would do that. <laughs> that would be that, fun. That mechanic took me a little while to get used to, and I was never, like, great at timing it, but I got okay at it. Yeah. Yeah, there, there were there were some some points because it would sort of be telegraphed by like it would blow backwards and then it would blow forwards. Um, and but there were there were times where I was like, is it gonna gonna do it again? Like, and I would jump, and then if the wind would stop, and I'd be like, no, fall to my death. <laughs> or, or you fall down and you're like, uh, let me get back in position. And while you're trying to get back in position, then the gust you need happens, and you're like, no, I missed it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah timing timing puzzles but um uh, yeah i don't know did did we have more to say about the cult i i I know i just sidetracked us um (laughs) but that was just another thing that i wanted to mention did did we have more things to say about the cultural insights um i keep thinking about the one that was about um like traveling during the um oh at night during the yeah the month of night because yeah. like it's you know it's in it's up in the Arctic Circle, so there's like a period of time where you just have constant night for several months, um, and they talk about like what it's like to travel during that time and how surreal it is, and that made me like really want to experience that. Yeah, I I agree. That's um... I think it would be scary, but it might also be like very, I don't know, like spiritual or yeah because they like they talk- mystic and weird <laughs> yeah because they they talked about like um like there would be like elk and they would see it would be almost like an aura like the the steam rising off of their coats would catch the moonlight and look like sort of an aura and that's how you would like see things um and that sounds really cool and magical <laughs> yeah. like that combined with the northern lights i've always wanted like this is it's just something that i've always wanted to do and just have never done but i've always wanted to like go far enough north um to see the northern lights yeah and, and I've, I've always kind of wanted to go to alaska um and i've always <laughs> i've always said that i would much rather go when it's always night than when it's always day just because because yeah that's i it's it is it is known that I have a vendetta against the sun. So, 
<laughs> so yeah, I, I yeah. that made me want it. Midnight more. Sun is pretty awesome though. Yeah. How far north are you guys, like latitude wise? So compared I think to Alaska, Sweden is about the same as Alaska. So the southern part is like the southern parts of Alaska. World map. <laughs> yeah, we're all we're both like googling it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's see if we can find a line of something that has lines of latitude on it. Alright. And and now now <laughs> now the the podcast goes silent as I look yeah. at a Wikipedia list of cities by latitude. <laughs> oh jeez. I was just trying to find it like a Google image of uh the thing of the globe. Yeah, I'm, see if, uh... I'm looking, and there are there are some cities in Sweden that line up with cities that line up with what Fairbanks and Nome, so oh. and Anchorage. Well, Anchorage is Anchorage seems to be slightly further north, but I mean, this is like comparing entire. Oh no, nope, there's this more. Is Sweden, this is Sweden and Norway. Yeah, you guys are like the upper in the upper half of Canada, latitude wise. Mm-hmm. So, like, do you do you guys get, like, what's the shortest days that you get, or do you get like full full night for, like, multiple days or weeks or months at a time? I don't know. Which, I don't think we get full nights. I'm not actually sure. I know we get like full days up north. Oh yeah, because because <laughs> because here in Seattle. It's it's basically full dark by like five p.m. Uh, and earlier, these days. earlier, yeah, and earlier with cloud cover even, and it's been it's been pretty consistently fully cloudy for the past like week or so. So yeah, but yeah, I was gonna say that like we don't get like really nice like long darks because it's always just rainy and gross all the time. <laughs> so like our our it's yeah. dark. It's not dark. It's and it's either a darker shade of gray or a lighter shade of gray. Yeah, like we don't we don't get good good like starry nights and stuff. Yeah, and we don't we don't get northern lights. Nope. Unfortunately. Where's the? Yeah, yeah, man, and it has been raining up a storm here. Um, pretty bad. Anyway, there's yeah. your local weather. <laughs> <laughs> if you uh live here yeah <laughs> so Seattle so okay so yeah so Carl what time what time does it get dark like I don't now-ish. know oh <laughs> okay that's fine <laughs> I can google it okay Carl Carl doesn't go outside what are you talking about that's fair I feel it I feel you it's dark when I go to school and dark when I get home yeah I'm 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 basically there as well um yeah but anyway, as for the game, um, if you're interested in at all in like Native Alaskan culture, it's it's like entertaining and informative at the same time in a way that's like I found like really like satisfying and pleasant. Yeah, and I'm like really really happy we played this. I I think it would be really easy to do this sort of thing wrong to have the documentary parts be like really intrusive. Or to have the game be like incredibly token compared to like what what the documentary is, or mm-hmm. you know, like there's a number of ways you could have done it really really wrong, but I think they they pulled this off, and it's so clear the whole way through that like 
everyone doing this cared about it a lot. Yeah, definitely. Like this is a this is a work of someone's like real passion and like strong feelings about something. Yeah, I think I was reading the credits and um, one of the people in the documentaries, I think his name was Ish- Ishmael. Is that does that sound right? Who who was super into it in the documentaries also was like had a heavy heavy hand in like the actual production of the game at least on like the the writing side mm-hmm. um so yeah like i th- i think it 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 all was very it was done very earnestly and that that went a long way for me yeah that... yeah earnestness i i do tend to respond to like earnest effort pretty strongly so yeah so and and it was it felt it wasn't just like boring documentary stuff there were a lot of uh of bits that were just like personal anecdotes like about the time um so-and-so's dad like shot a bear who like in self-defense and the bear had a cub and it's like well we went to the elders because you're not supposed to kill a mother and um he had to he ended up having to raise the bear the polar bear um or you know the time we got stuck on an ice floe that drifted out to the ocean and almost died you know it's just like these really personal stories that like it's like oh man i would have never even considered that kind of thing happening to a person just because i'm so far removed from from that life you know yeah and it it was it was all pretty interesting to me yeah i agree so yeah i i mean mechanically it wasn't super fun but holistically i i enjoyed this i enjoyed the whole experience and, you know, it was fun enough yeah like it doesn't overstay its welcome and honestly i found it less frustrating than vessel so like there are there are worse games that you can play and that we have played so. yeah so this Not one sure i agree but i don't think i agree yeah. with it being more frustrating at least in terms of uh, platforming than Vessel, but I would say in terms uh, less frustrating than like Mushroom. Mushroom Eleven. Eleven. I, yeah. I keep wanting to say Mushroom Thirteen. This happened the last time <laughs> I brought this game up. Um, yeah, I mean everybody has a different tolerance yeah, exactly. with that kind of thing. Um, for me, this one was this one was a little smoother than um, than than Vessel, but like your your mileage may vary. Yeah. Um, but and it's it's, it's, not, it's not a bad game, and it's not like a particularly challenging game. Like, no, you know, we we occasionally had to fight the controls, but overall, it it was fine, you know. And we are we tend to be in the business of being nitpicky, so yeah. And I guess I that. also went into it like knowing that it was largely like designed as a cultural thing. Maybe I went into it with low expectations because I wasn't expecting much out of the gameplay. Um, but I was surprised at how competent it was. Yeah. And, like, at a lot of the little touches that I thought made it, like, like gave it a lot more, f- like, good feel to it. Yeah, so. and, and, I mean, things that I didn't say that I really liked. You know, I thought that the atmosphere was really great. The the music was oh, yeah, the art appropriate, and the, and the but not intrusive. wonderful. Yeah, um, the the environment models were good. The character models were good. The, the cutscene art that was done, like, in the style of those, like, ivory etchings... Um, was also like it, it 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 held together really nicely and it was presented really nicely um 
Like, my only real gripes was just, like, little gameplay polish things that sort of got in the way sometimes. So, yeah. We we like this game. <laughs> don't, don't get us wrong. I mean, I like it. I guess I don't yeah. want to speak for everyone. Yeah, I mostly I don't want to speak lot. for Carl. <laughs> um, um, no. Okay. Sorry. All right. That's Carl fair. didn't like this game, but That's Kelso fair. and I liked the game. Yeah. Um, I feel like this is the sort of game that... Um, like Seanbo would have a lot to say about. Yeah, I think so. Because I mean, in that it, it's it's it is... trying something and it's doing something. Maybe it's not all of the things that it's trying to do, but but it it's is at definitely least some of the things. It is definitely <laughs> it... succeeding on some some levels. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Is that? Do we have anything else to say? I feel like yeah. we've. I mean, we were saying before we started recording that like. This will probably end up being a short episode. Yeah, there's not that much to say about it. But, you know, that's okay. There that's doesn't fine. have to be that much to say yeah. about everything. Yeah, I mean, I think... It's it's like, what was that other game? Uh, mm-hmm. uh, the, 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 the really short platformer that we played... That was like a, a student. Pro- I don't. I don't remember the name. Refunct. Yeah, refunct. Refunct. Yes. Like, I think we probably had less to say about that game, but we pulled it off. So <laughs> you know, that's that's fine. <laughs> yep. I sometimes um, okay. see that game in my Steam library, by the way, and I'm like, man, I should just download that really quick and play it again. That's it's such a short game. It's like yeah. A, like a little one one sitting little meal of a game. Yeah. I should try to get um, the speed run the speed run record. Yeah. Speed run record on a refunct. Mm-hmm. Are there God, the speed runs on that probably are pretty fun to watch, I imagine. I saw um uh I a, a, like last week I think it was when I was playing um air, air quotes playing um Google's Quick Draw. I don't know if you saw those tweets. I was tweeting about it as well. Um, and uh, shout out to Saltscorn who, who um, like sent me a video of someone streaming it on Twitch and trying for the speed run of Quick Draw. <laughs> he was like, "If you work at it hard enough, you could you could hold the speed run record for this." And I'm like, "I don't think I could." <laughs> People will speed run anything, I think. So yeah, I still maintain I really want to see somebody speed run Stardew Valley. Jeez. Um, oh, <laughs> Oh, like you'd have to set a goal, right? Because yeah. like this, the, obviously the the speed run of finishing the game is you just immediately go to sleep mm-hmm. every day. But like if you set a goal of like f- how quickly can you finish the community center or something like that? Yeah, or I like think that could actually be a really fascinating speed run. Yeah, or like how 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 quickly can you get to the end of the year or the two years, I guess, with all four star or not four stars, four flames on the altar. Um, yeah. And just like God, that would be so much planning. Yeah, it it, yeah. it would ultimately be like probably seventy five percent an exercise in just spreadsheeting exactly what you need to do, and then yeah. and then executing it as quickly as you can. But yeah, which I think would be fascinating. But <laughs> that's for the record. That is not. We are not playing a speed run um, of of. Uh... Starting Valley for our next for our next game. Yeah, That's not I, don't, what we're doing <laughs> I don't think we're gonna do a speed run of anything. That would be. Mm, I I I don't think I'm I mean, competent theoreti- enough. To, to theoretically, speed run. like any pretty much any of the games we've played so far, you could speed run if you wanted to. There's nothing stopping you, but we are we 
we're not good enough to speed run these things. Yeah. That's not true. Carl set the world That's speed true. run record for uh for Long Live the Queen. With the Queen yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. So one so, of us one of us is good enough to speed run yeah. and that's you. So so from now on, every episode Kyla and I will play it as normal and Carl will speed run the game. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> I tried. <laughs> uh, well, well. There was an attempt. Uh, yep. But what we are actually playing next is Abzu. And Carl, it falls to oh, you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Do the thing. So, Abzu. It's uh, from the like art director of Journey, I think. Mm. And uh, I think it shows. Yeah. yeah. It's a game about exploring a world underwater. Water, and it's supposed to be like relaxing and peaceful and stuff and that's pretty much all i have on it yeah all i all i know is i saw um like a few minutes of um day nine playing it on one of his like friday day off streams and i actually like it's one of the few games i was watching him play and i turned it off because i'm like i want to play this and experience this myself and i think it will be spoiled if i watch someone else do it so Yeah. I'm I'm excited to try it, and I think it's still on on sale on Steam right now. Um, it's like it half is. off yeah, for the I autumn sales. I so. I, I want to say the sale ends like Monday, which is tomorrow as of this recording. So if you listen to this recording as soon as it's put up, uh, run to Steam and pick the game up for fifty percent off. Um, yeah. And if not, I'm I'm very sorry. Yeah, <laughs> um, we did our best. Yes. I'll I'll try and like tweet that the. Yeah, I I'll I'll include that as well when I when I tweet. Um, yeah, I, I watched a trailer, and I, I sort of skimmed a couple of reviews just, just to see what people said about it. And it seems like there is some form of a narrative, but it's it seems to be a pretty loose narrative. So I'm I'm interested to see what what yeah. this shakes out to be because it looks really pretty, really beautiful. Yeah, yeah. It, and it looks like the kind of thing that I like, where it's just like here's a cool environment, and have fun. And I, so. I have kind of a soft spot for, like, underwater games because I worked on an underwater game for yeah. so long. Yeah. Um, especially ones that, like, try and be realistic about, like, the species and things. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Yeah. I think there's going to be a lot of looking at pretty stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm looking forward to. Actually, I was I was looking at it on Steam and, and, and was reminded that I keep, I keep saying that I'm going to buy and play Subnautica. Which is which is like a underwater survival exploration game, um, but I just have not gotten around to it. I feel like if I do, I'll never play another game um, for uh, for a while at least. So you'll just be stuck doing that because I'll just be making my my base. I there's there's a streamer that I watch who sort of every time it updates, he'll he'll do you know another few streams and like another you know ten or fifteen hours of Subnautica. And it just, it looks like so much fun. But, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anyway. This is what, that's what it reminded me of. We're not playing Subnautica, we're playing Abzu. Yep. We need to stop talking about other games while we're, <laughs> while we're talking about our next <laughs> game. We're gonna, I'm gonna confuse people. <laughs> so, yeah, pick up Abzu. Um, I'll do a tweet. Pick it up while it's cheap, if you're into that. Uh, 50% yep. off, like, 10 bucks. 10, or 10 pay full price and support the developers. Yeah, that too. Yep. That's also good. Um, yeah, and I guess that wraps it up. We can do we can do the thing. I'll do the thing. 
Uh, I'm Kelso, and I am at Kelso Time Bomb on the Twitter. On Fridays, uh, sort of now on and off, just because I think it's Fridays are difficult, but on Fridays, on and off, uh, I host One of Us, which is sort of a weekly community stream and hangout and just be chill thing. So if you are interested in doing One of Us, uh, hit me up at Kelso Time Bomb on the Twitter uh, if you would like to guest also on the podcast. If you have played Abzu and have extreme feelings about it, have things to say, have many things to say, have words that you need to express about this game. Also hit me up. I'm going to say my Twitter again. It's at Kelso Time Bomb. Um, yeah. uh, or any other game in the future that we play. Yeah, you can you can spot pretty easily. All you got to do is ask. Yeah, because like that's it's just us here chatting about stuff. We yeah. like talking to people. Yeah, yeah, we love having guests. Um, I am at Kyla underscore Go on Twitter. I have been. Uh, streaming Earthbound on uh, Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. PST. Uh, next weekend is probably going to be my final Earthbound stream because I'm like so close to done, uh, or at least I'm pretty sure I'm very close to done. I haven't actually played the game before, so I can't be 100% certain, but it has that end of of the game sort of feel to it. Um, so then I'm going to be looking into what I'm playing next. And there's actually a poll on my Twitter right now, and you can go and vote um, what you would like me to play uh, after I finish Earthbound. Um, and, yeah, if you follow me on Twitter, you will also see, like, when my schedule changes and when I am, you know, doing doing different things, not doing the thing I usually do or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm at Skug3 on the tweeters. I was gonna ask: Is your is your potions making game a going to be available anywhere? I don't think so. Okay, that's fair. I I it's sort hard, of hard to well, make physical also, games available. Yeah. Also, yeah. I oh yeah, that is true. Have to ship a controller for that. That's fine. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> you could just do the thing where you like print up the schematics and provide it with the game, but yep. then the, the, then the schematics would probably all be in Swedish, and I would and then I would <laughs> also have to finish way. the game. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I just I like <laughs> I like weird little things like that. But. It's like that time we shipped that board game and we just uh, included like a thing where you could like we're like here print these out put them on pieces of cardboard and then you have the game board. Hooray! Good. All right. Well, does that wrap us up for goodies? Yeah. All right. Cool. Thanks. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. Hope everybody else had a great Thanksgiving if you're in the states. And a great Thanksgiving a month ago if you're in Canada. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll be back in two oh, weeks, man. hopefully. Is this our thirtieth episode? <laughs> oh, it is. Oh, you're right. Damn. Ooh. We're getting we're getting some some of these at yeah. this point. I know. Fifty it's like, is when we should really celebrate, I guess. Yeah, because I mean, yeah, if we only do an episode every other week, and sometimes less frequently, which has sort of been the case lately, just because of you know life. Hopefully Did we, we can... ever find out hmm? when our like one year anniversary for this was because I it... assume it's passed at this point. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I remember. I want to say it was like in in May or something. I remember noting it when we, <laughs> when when we were like, I remember noting it at one point, and I think it might have actually been the same day that we were recording. Well, I mean, it, it <laughs> would have been. So I I remember having that conversation and remember seeing it, 
uh, because it popped up in like my Facebook memories of like, oh, a year ago today, this happened. Um, Facebook is so good for that sort of it thing. Is, it is. Um, I guess I could look, but I'm not going to. <laughs> um, yeah, don't don't worry. Yeah, eh, I want to say it was in the spring sometime. That's Maybe all right. Not. We'll go. We'll go with the anniversary based on the number of of things. We'll we'll have a celebration when we get to fifty. Yeah, number of things is usually pretty pretty momentous in podcasts. All right. Well, anyway, two weeks hopefully, barring barring life disasters again. Uh, we'll be back. We'll play. We'll play Abzu. And uh, probably have yeah. feelings about it. <laughs> yep. All right. All right. See y'all later. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.